And so when he told me I was going to be arrested, I was like, what? Hello, and welcome to the Untanglement Podcast. This is Aronka. This is Brenda. Hey, y'all. This is T-Mama, the producer. And we are missing one of our members. So we do not have Maurice. He is out. Um, And so uh, the women of Entanglement have taken over the podcast. It's the takeover. The takeover. (laughs) This is Ladies Night. And we are excited to bring you a host of Um, of different conversations and topics. Usually we talk about TV, film, pop culture, and because we're taking over, we're going to switch things up a little bit. We're going to add our own flavor, our own feminine energy to the mix, and we're bringing you a different, different Entanglement podcast this week. I hope you all enjoy because we have an exciting lineup for you. Cole, um, can you tell our listeners, you know, like who you are, what you do, um, and yeah, just a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Nicole Johnson. I'm born on the south side of Chicago. Very proud Chicago public school graduate. Um, I, in a word, I like to describe myself as exceptional because, um, you know, the success that I have um, accomplished, you know, by the age of 30 is nothing short of just um, privilege and favor growing up on the South side, being black, um, growing up with troubled parents that love you dearly. And so um, in my day-to-day, my nine to five, I do fundraising for nonprofits. Um, I have a knack for selling a story to white folks and, and acting the buy, buy it and it, it oh, works. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it's a, it's a, it's a sweet gift um, to, um, as a, as a mentor of mine says to liberate the capital. And that's really my goal here on earth is just to bring more opportunity, um, equity and true liberation for black people. Um, and so I, you know, I have my nine to five and I'm, I'm developing my own firm to kind of interface between community and corporations. Cause we don't have a lot of the private sector really engaging in this movement work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, um, you know, businesses in Georgia responding to, you know, those voter suppression laws, but we don't have it in mass, particularly as it relates to addressing anti-Blackness. Um, yeah, so um, that's what I do. And Excellent. it's a, it's truly a calling. That is what I'll say. I'm, Oh, I know. <laughs> no, <laughs> let me ask you. So, um, so I asked to um, invite Nicole to this uh, taping of the Entanglement podcast because this is an all women's um, uh, podcast. I guess for today episode, yeah, episode. Um, there episode. you go. And the so takeover. I, I thought about Nicole because when I think of like exceptional women, when I think of like women who like create their own lanes, women who aren't afraid to do shit. You know, I think about Nicole Johnson and um, I know that you recently returned from Aruba. Can you tell us about why you went to Aruba? How long you were in Aruba? You know, how was your experience in Aruba? Yeah. So um, last summer I said, I'm not spending the winter here Mm. because I I don't do winters well. Um, as I've gotten older, um, my seasonal depression has just like shot. And I, and I knew how the first phase of quarantine went. And I said, I didn't want to do that in Chicago winter. So that was like my Mm. first thing. Um, and then just this growing feeling of just not feeling safe, um, in America, living Mm. on the South side. I, at the time and where I'm at right now, I'm, I'm in my childhood home in Inglewood. And, um, just so much stuff going on, you know, shootings every last summer, we had a shooting every week for seven weeks straight. Mm. And um, I just had enough, you know, it was COVID. It was just the endemic of uh, uh, black community violence and just what was going on and, you know, the election. And I just did not feel safe. I was very um, just upset about uh, just how we were living and being forced to live in America. And so I, you know, I uh, 
you know, my book is going to be called American Refu uh, American Refugee because I really felt like I needed to seek asylum somewhere else. Mm. And so um, I told one of my girlfriends and um, also one of my my executive coach at the time, she had moved to she sold her condo in the DMV area and moved to Aruba. So, and my aunt lives there. And so I was like, you know, I trust my coach. She did her homework and stuff. And so I was like, well, I'm gonna go there. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I tried to cop out. Um, I told one, I told one of my girlfriends and she's in her forties and she was like, you should go. And I was like, oh, I started getting nervous and stuff, but I eventually like, you know, renew my passport. And I woke up one day cause I had plans to just go for a week in December mm -hmm. around Christmas, just to punk out. I said, like, I think that'll be enough. Um, also in December, I had taken FMLA as well. And okay. so um, I woke up for December 1st, I think that was a Sunday. And I was like, no, you're going to go for real, for real. So I changed, I, I went on Airbnb, searched for um, appropriate lodging. The first opportunity was one and they wanted $1,500 a month. And I was, I messaged the lady and I said, um, I'll give you nine fifty a month and I'll book for three months today. And she, we it. set it on, and she, we set it on nine seventy five, and I booked and I switched all my, my plane tickets, um, to leave January 16th and then come back April 10th, I believe. Um, and then, um, yeah, so that's how I, you know, made the plans to go. Um, and it, it was, it was literally the best experience I have had ever in my life. So let me ask you. So, um, at this time, um, you were working from home, right? Yeah. Okay. And if you had not been working from home, this would still have been the plan. You know, I don't know. Okay. I know in October, um, cause I'm in this Facebook group called black women travel mm -hmm. and I have been seeing different people post this one black lady was in Medellin in Colombia. And mm -hmm. she, um, I just messaged her. She was like, I travel alone solo. And I was like, I'm thinking about it. And so she talked to me about it. And so in October, I talked to my supervisor and, you know, I, I learned not to ask for permission, but to give I'm you an update on what I'm doing. <laughs> so I said, you know, I'm planning to spend the winter abroad. What are things that I need to consider so that we can make this a good, you know, seamless process? Um, and we talked about it. And then um, uh, then I went on FMLA and things just kind of got up gotcha. in the air. But then I decided I was like, no, I'm going to do this because I need this for me. OK, OK. And OK, you have a question. And um, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, traveling alone. And I want to tap into that or hear more about that, because for me, the, the interesting thing is that not only were you traveling alone and doing this, um, but you're doing this during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there are interesting parallels in terms of um, why a single black woman in the world would, you know, as you put it, you know, become an Af American refer refugee um, to, to go out and to spend this time away and um, and, and just to kind of dig into dig in more about, you know, why doing this, not only during a pandemic, but, you know, why doing this as a remedy for mm. the pandemic? Yeah, it was. Um, I just feel so deeply about, you know, where we are as a country, as a people across the diaspora. Like, I just feel so deeply and I'm it's something that I cannot ignore. Like I would rather just be on a beach doing yoga all day, all night, you know, like that's the life that I would like to live. Mm. And I will moonlight as such when the time, you know, permits, but, um, I just felt so deeply about it. And I just saw how, you know, election season, everybody wants to fangirl black women, but you know, we're not, you know, after all that black lives matter stuff, only, two CEOs at a major corporations are now black right. um, versus they, they, they now have these SVPs and DEI and all this other bull. And so yeah, I just was just like, I have, I've had enough of this. And um, I was listening to therapy for black girls podcast. And there is an episode in December. There's a researcher. She's out in, uh, um, what's the school it's in Detroit uh, it escapes me but she's a professor out there and she does research 
only single black women. And she was just like, you know, this is a time to, when you're single, no children, this is a time to iterate. And that really was my affirmation and confirmation content to continue on my journey. Because at no point, you know, if I do get married, if I do have children, I mean, I'm gonna still live my life, but it'll be a bit more, I have to reconfigure some things a little bit right. more. I have to wait a little bit for Ness. Now it's like, I could just get up and go and only have to worry about what I eat. And so you asked why this is a remedy because, remedy because you know, as melanated people, we need sun, you know, and <laughs> I needed that. Yes, um, and I wanted to, and I figured that that would help, help process this experience. Also just getting out of America and being somewhere else, um, especially Car- the, the Caribbean, right. Um, being there was, was, uh, nothing short of amazing because I also didn't realize the, um, <clears throat> the, <clears throat> what it means to be American, you know, I, I, you know, we just, I don't know about you, but I just see myself as black and um, being American is, is an identity that I'm really like trying to understand more now being somewhere else. But, you know, you get treated differently in a better way in certain countries when you are American, even, even, even being black. And so for me, I just felt in my spirit that the winter months were not going to be, I'm very intuitive. Um, and spirit was just, I just didn't feel well about where we were in terms of um, supporting communities through COVID, um, the the national response um, from the government to corporations to utilities to you know all all the way down to just everyday people. I just needed to get away, and it's funny because literally two days before I was to leave, I witnessed a carjack, the aftermath of a carjacking, and. Um, like if I wasn't there, the police would have shot this boy running away mm. and I needed to get away from that. I had mm. had enough. I had mm. had enough. I said, I cannot witness anymore. And so being away was just, it was crazy. Like I didn't even know daylight saving time happened. I showed up to work an hour <laughs> late because, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like I literally just unplugged, but I was so productive at work. Um, I was able to, you know, use my time wisely. Um, I did, you know, all my work, um, created new projects. And then, you know, I would be at the beach and figure out how I could get the Wi-Fi connection at the beach, you know? And so it was, um, it was, you know, I, I think everybody, I was, I've been encouraging literally everybody to go somewhere. I'm like, if you have, you're a family of 12, like there is an answer for everything, every problem that you're trying to figure out because the kids need it, the babies need it, the adults need it, the, the grandparents need it, everybody needs it. And it was truly just like the bomb to, and I was just like also going through a lot of personal and spiritual changes as well. So, you know, the being in such a nice place that just every morning, you know, you hear birds chirping and the sun just wafting wow. over you and, paradise. you know, mm. being in the, yeah, paradise. And, and I, I really, I really appreciate what you're saying and what yeah. you're offering in terms of that description, because, and also just the point, the aspect of levity that you're adding, because one of the things that you said um, that really struck me, in addition to just the heavy aspects of just of the black experience, one of the kind of the the even the mundane, the simple things that you said was the 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 way that as black people we need to be connected to the environment. We need sun, and I I it struck me because um, since the pandemic started, one of the I've been trying my best to take vitamins, and one of the vitamins that I added and needed to add by recommendation of my doctor is vitamin D, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was something you know that is that was both interesting that. That, you know, that we that in terms of how the the pandemic is affecting us on a just a physiological level, you know, I think that lots of times people um, think that, you know, you move to like the Caribbean and things are peaches and cream. Like, you know, what I'm saying you wake up, you hear the roosters, you know, the chicken and, you know, um, you know, you have siestas and, you know, all this other stuff. I want to know what surprised you. What did you have to adjust to while living in the Caribbean? And um, what are some similarities between like the United States and living, you know, here in Chicago and being in Aruba, if there were any? I'm, I'm just curious to know. Yeah, I was, I was really upset that Aruba is so American. Like mm. um, the most 
you know, 80% of their GDP is tourism. And most of the people that go there are Americans and their regulars. It's Americans and Dutch. It's obviously, it's a Dutch colony. And so um, they, um, it, it, so that kind of really threw me off a bit. Um, they've got Wendy's, you know, they got Burger King, KFC, uh. McDonald's, like <laughs> Benihana's, Hooters. They got the whole jam. So when people would come visit me, I'd be like, well, I stay away from a tourist spot, but I got this spot that's out yonder, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was one thing. And then similarities, I mean, um, I appreciated, though, that they had, they still had service people at the gas station. You know, they still ah. are very committed to employing people. Yeah. So there would be one lane for people, that, it's for you to get service at your gas, get gas. And then you could do the self-serve. So that was some little things that I just really appreciated. The bag boys are there at the grocery store and you could give them, you know, a florin um, or gilder, right? Um, and, and and similarities though, um, um, I, I just took for granted here, like, having a hot water boiler, a hot water mm. heater, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, luckily, like my Airbnb, they were very, they were on the up and up and I had hot showers. One shower was extreme, the outside shower, which I have to figure out how I can make me an outside shower, but that <laughs> one was so hot. But then like the one in my bedroom wasn't that hot. And so just getting used to that type of living, mm-hmm. like just kind of like room temperature water mm-hmm. um, and everything, you know, connected to a gas tank or propane or butane or whatever they used or whatever. Um, and similarities, though, I think um, other ones, they have really good. I, I can't even think of similarities like. The other thing that was astounding was just my medical care. So I found me a dentist there and because um, I chipped a tooth mm-hmm. and I, I have like extreme jaw tension and mm-hmm. I have been getting mouth guards here in the States. And you know how when you go to the doctor or dentist, it's the dental hygienist, it's the nurse, it's mm-hmm. the physician mm-hmm. say like all these people that you don't see and you get two minutes with the doctor. That's You're right. like the dentist was there the whole time. And I'm like, why are you still here? <laughs> like you, you, you know, and so just that type of care that wow. I received. And he was like, he looked at my stuff, my mouth guard that I had. He was like, this isn't going to help you. Like mm. I don't have the same mouth tension that I've had for almost six years now. Wow. And I'll just going to him, um, you know, cause I chipped my tooth there. And, um, yeah, so just they, they just give a shit about people, Come you on. know. Come yeah, on. they Come just on. care. That's they just right. care. Oh, it's sweet. Okay, so I guess we can move on to like the juicy part. Which, yeah, yeah. So tell us what happened um, when you attempted to come back to the United States. Yeah, so I I had anxiety already about returning home. The week I was leaving, I every night I didn't get more than like two or three hours of sleep. Um, and so the day um, on Wednesday, I I had some girlfriends in town and I had just left them. And I remember telling them, I was like, I feel like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and I have been in this furnace for about four or five years now. Oh, and God. I have had it. I was like, I'm tired. Like there's mm. been reprieve and rest, but I'm like, I'm tired. Mm. Anyway, I head to the airport. Um, you know, I'm pushing 150 pounds of luggage because, you know, that's how you pack for three months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and when I was in Aruba, I found an acupuncturist. I regularly go to acupuncture once a week, even when I'm here. I'm very into like, you know, traditional Chinese medicine and just, you know, doing more holistic things. Right. Um, and so the acupuncturist there who is, he's an American and he's a dietitian, nutritionist. He prescribed me different um, supplements to support you know, your liver chi, yeah. um, which was a really big thing for me. Um, and I was just, it was, I was going through so much turmoil at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I had all these pills, I had them in bottles and, you know, I never did nothing like that, you know? So, you know, I had all these, uh, pills and glass bottles and I took, I got, uh, Ziploc bags and I labeled them, um, you know, and I put the pills in the bags and, you know, they're in a, 
there in one of my luggage with the stuffed animals for my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you see a bag of this and then you see a stuffed flamingo. And so um, I, as I'm pushing my stuff, also like they had 300 people in customs. This is U.S. Customs now. I want to be very clear. This is right. U.S., United States government, State Department. And they had one person check in passports and planes are boarding planes are um you know about to take off and I'm like I do not want to miss my flight because that means if I miss my flight I have to get a hotel I have to take an expensive cab somewhere else like I don't want to do that so uh, my anxiety is just at all-time high and I was texting my friends like I think I'm gonna miss my flight anyway finally I get through and I'm like okay thank you I'm pushing my luggage and then this dude um latino dude customs patrol man whatever he um he's like come here let me let me let me search you or some something he said and i just i melted Mm. i was like i was like oh my god please don't i'm just this was like randomly randomly yeah randomly this is randomly i'm just you said about 300 people yeah. Wow. And uh, once I make it through the initial one, dude snaps my passport and then mm-hmm. I keep moving. And then I just melt. And I'm like, I started crying instantly because I'm just like, I've had it. And he's just like, be an adult. Don't be a child. Like, what? that's what he, yes, that's the first thing he said. And then um, he takes my stuff. He was like, the way you're acting, I'm like, I have anxiety and depression and I haven't sleep. I'm just trying to make my flight. I just really want to go home. He was like, well, we'll get you out of here. But you know, now you're making me think you got something. So oh he texts all my stuff, opens it. And then he sees like these pills. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you know, so they just have a field day. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, what is happening? So he's going through my stuff. He says, I can't use my phone. I'm like, what is this? I don't know what's going on. Because also, like, you know, with the Patriot Act, you don't know what your rights are when you get right. to that point. I right. don't know what's going on. I don't know. He's like, kept calling it an inspection. An inspection. He used that word all the time. And so he's going through my stuff, you know, and he's like, we have to test all of this. And I had, like, all these bags of stuff. Girl, they tested, you know, they, anyway, they, as I'm, like, sitting there in shock, and I'm crying, sitting down and I'm just praying like, Lord, please send people to advocate on my behalf. And, the, and then he brought the lady who checked me in, a Southwest lady. And then it was a black lady, you know, patrol lady. And I looked at her and I'm crying and I'm like, what is going on? I was about to say, I said, can you help me? Mm. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, I don't either. <laughs> so they're testing all my stuff. And he was like, he, he started using the word narcotics. And I'm like, narcotics? You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, you don't know what you have. I say, I bought some stuff here. I bought stuff at home, but I was like, I have documentation for this stuff. Oh my God. And so he's just like, "Um, well, you know, he's like, you're putting my team in danger. Do you know what this stuff is? And he tell, he starts saying ecstasy and meth. And, you know, I, you know, I, again, I haven't been sleeping for a very, very long time. Yes. Oh my God. And I, you know, I, I started, you know, um, I'm like, is this why I've been acting crazy? Have I been taking meth and ecstasy? No, like, is this why I can't sleep? No. You know, I've been taking this stuff every day. I've got, you know, again, my Chinese herbs that I got from the States, you mm-hmm. know, all the stuff that I bought there. Like I bought some um, Peruvian herb. There was a Peruvian health store down the street from my house in Aruba. I got some stuff there. Like, you know, I'm like, does it have traces of S? you know so anyway um i'm there all the planes are gone all the people are gone right so you so just to clarify you miss your flight yes because my my flight was leaving at 315 and they pulled me in at 245 oh no so um finally they go once i started like and then also y'all like i took my phone he put he took my phone and he put it on the other side of the table He's like, this is inspection. You can't have your phone. I'm like, okay. So I grabbed my phone and then I started recording on the voice memo. Do you know they took my phone and they not only stopped recording, but then they deleted the file. <gasps> no. so, so luckily I was able to recover it because it, you know, it stays in your trash for 30 oh, good. days. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, they cart me off. They're like, now nah, we got to do some paperwork. So they searched me and tested my stuff maybe for like four hours. Then um, they did go they to search your office. person as well at this point. Yes, they did. 
Um, but I didn't have to do the strip search okay. yet, right? Yet. Yes. So, Did yes. you say yet? Yes. Yes. Oh, and so <gasps> then they put me off because I'm still at the airport. I'm still at the airport. So they go to the, they take me to his office and he's like, got to do his report. I still don't know what they have, what they're saying is what, none of this stuff. So meanwhile, like, I'm like, okay, I'm in danger. I don't know what's going on. So I grab my iPad and I started emailing my family. Um, I put my sister, my mom, one of my girlfriends who's an attorney here, two attorneys on the thread, um, my friend who was in town, um, and I think another person. And I'm telling them, like, you just called the block. You got everyone. Yeah, you right. could. yeah I <laughs> yes. it up. Like, the subject <laughs> title was, I feel I'm being illegally detained. Mm. And then I just went on and I told them everything that was going on. And I said, don't call me because they have my iPad. Mm. Yo, I'm in my phone. Why five minutes later, dude comes out like, where's your iPad? And then I was like, it's in my bag. He was like, give it to me. I'm like, oh, okay. So, so they're reading you know, your messages. Yes, because they went on my, my phone and started looking at my, my emails. So, you know, he calls me in and I'm like, can I get a copy of that report? And he was like, no, this is internal. And I was like, well, what kind of paperwork do I get about what's going on? He's like, you'll get a receipt. <laughs> and I said, huh? He was like, so they tried to charge me $500 fine. And all my cards decline, y'all. Now I've been here for three months. I've been using these cards. I've told my bank, my credit card right, that I was right, going to be right. here. So all my stuff, and I had used all my cash. Right. I only had like $30 cash. So they, um, anyway. But let me ask you that, about this. Um, so this ticket, so if you had $500, they, they would have just- let me go. They probably would have let me go. What? They probably so would have let me go. So this is extortion. Is that the legal? Is that the legal term? <laughs> I don't my know gosh. what it is. Ask Brenda. My but gosh. So, my gosh. So I couldn't pay. They gave me this promissory note. They said pay $500 and mail the check in 30 days. If not, it goes to $5,000. They transfer me. And then I look at the bag of the stuff that they took from me. They put, they wrote the words ecstasy on my face wash that was manufactured here in the United States. When I saw that he had wrote ecstasy on my face wash I said I understand he was like you understand what and I was like I just understand because mm. now I know what this is mm. so then they transferred me to Aruba Customs and then I pulled out my computer my MacBook because you got to have multiple devices come on, on now come on and then um I emailed them I'm like I'm at, I'm like I'm at Aruba Customs now and then the top dog for customs i'm like you don't even believe I mean, he was just looking at the stuff they were like i don't understand what this is i'm like you don't even believe this and he just looked at me he's like well we have to follow what the u.s did mm. and so when he told me i was going to be arrested i was like what because i'm thinking i'm going to be able to go home right, get right. a hotel room and the email i'm like here's my confirmation can y'all call southwest asking to get me on a 315 tomorrow Wow. All this other stuff. He tells me I'm going to get arrested. Then I emailed my team again. And then I put like some of my sponsors in the email. Cause I'm like, I don't know how expensive this is going to be. Yeah. And I need y'all to do this. And then funny enough, right before I was, they took my stuff. I remembered that I had a meeting with my Senator's chief of staff the next day. Mm. And so I was like, Oh, so I emailed his chief, like, Hey, I am being, I'm, I'm being detained in Aruba and that's all my email said because then wow. they took my stuff I went to Aruba jail I was there for two days um I was uh evaluated by a psychiatrist you know they gave me something because I told them that I was going to hurt myself because mm. I I'm like I don't this is crazy um, you're in a family, different country yes oh, oh by yourself and oh with God. jail with jail like oh. there you can be held for 10 days in jail if they have probable probable cause. You can't get any visitors. You can't get any phone calls except from your attorney or the consulate. And um, then after those 10 days, then you can go to jail. The prison, mm -hmm. sorry. Then you can go to prison. And then that's when, as the consulate says, that's when you'll get the amenities like soap um, and, and all those and get visits and phone calls. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You're in a cell? When you say jail, what is that? Yeah, I was in a cell. I was in a cell. One side, you know, you had your metal bed. Um, you had these two blocks that blocked the toilet. And then on the other side was 
this hole in the ceiling that water would come down. They would press this button. You get three minutes to wash. And I didn't have soap. And I had one pair of underwear. And I'm so thankful that my cycle had ended earlier that Mm -hmm. week. Okay. And Oh um, oh, my God. Yeah, and I, I wore my mask for the most part because I didn't have to smell the stench. It was it was just it was horrible. It was horrible. And my first night there, I um that's when I they did my strip search, squat five times and cough on the last one. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, I and it was, that is insane. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. It was crazy, like to the ending of this this great experience, right. and um, you know, God was just moving throughout the whole thing, and I just really appreciate every like people were moving because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't mm. do anything. I was completely incapacitated, and you know, the next morning, you know, my sister had called the consulate. The consulate called. My girl had got me an attorney down there. He came to visit, um, and. Um, you know, once he told the prosecutor, like, this isn't just when my girl told him, I'm like, she has a full time job. He was like, she's got a job. She was like, can you verify that? What? And he was like, he was like, you know, how do you know she didn't meet anybody? And she was like, because I was just there last week because mm. the first month and a half I was by myself. And then I had a nonstop revolving door of my girlfriends come visit me from February 26th to literally my last day. Wow. wow. So I had girlfriends come down like in big groups, individually in big groups come down and visit me. So my last month and a half, I was busy entertaining them, you know? And so, um, it was just mad. It it was truly magical. And that really affirmed when, you know, when I talked about what I do, like that really affirmed like this, this assignment, because when I was there, like the women that they were pulling and searching were black women. Like, you know, they were so funny girl. They pulled this one family because this lady had a bag of fruit with her family. It was a white lady. they was, they was like, ma'am, you can't have this. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. And just threw it at them and kept mm, moving. Mm, 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 and I said, mm. man, and then the black lady they pull, you know, she's Caribbean and she's, then he's like, he asked me, he was like, where'd you get this money from? I don't believe that you saved it. Um, you know, who bought tickets for you? And oh I'm my like, God. I work. He was like, um, when's the last time you worked there? I was like, I work remote. Like right. I clocked in yesterday. This is an off day for me. <laughs> I'm traveling. I got PTO. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Yeah. And so yeah. what was the, so how did this get resolved? Resolved. So yeah, that last day, um, cause the investing, cause I was like, I don't have, I, I don't, I still don't know what I'm here for. Right. You know, I yeah. haven't seen anything. I, I don't have any paperwork. Like God ain't told me nothing. So finally, like Friday, apparently like the, that day on Thursday, um, the investigators did come. But, you know, in America, you like, I need to speak to an attorney first. Mm-hmm. But culturally there, they say, if you want to speak to an attorney, that's that's admission of guilt almost. So they were thinking I was guilty because I wanted to speak to an attorney first. Mm-hmm. And so finally Friday, which was a good Friday. And I knew I was going to, Spirit told me I was getting out on Friday. And um uh Friday morning the investigators came they took my story and they were like we only came to work for you because this is a holiday because mm. if not I would have been in there till Tuesday at the very least oh my gosh which was this past Tuesday so he told me check this out he was like we tested 80 percent of your stuff and it's all negative and I told them, I said, and then once they, they said, they called the prosecutor once they took my story and sent it to him, they was like, all right, you can go. And when they were checking me out and they gave me back my stuff, the the lady cop, I, I wish I knew her name. Um, she was really nice. And she was just like, she said, increíble. Because <laughs> she couldn't believe it. I was like, y'all do not need to listen to the U.S. government. They hate Black people. They hate Black women. Mm. I said, y'all are handling COVID better. I feel safer here. And they just looked at me because to them, the U.S. the U.S. is this, you know, right, right. place, you know, right. it's, it's this, uh, the, the, it's on the hill. And it's, that's right. Everything, it's incompetent. everything mm. is everything. And, you know, and, and, and they're right. And I was like, no, y'all. I'm like, why do you think I'm here for three months? 
Right. So what, what lessons, I guess, do you think, what lessons have you learned? What, what, what has this taught you? Cause I know that, um, following you on social media, you also said that you would return to Aruba. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, uh, cause Aruba is magical. Like mm. I, you know, it's not Curacao, which has more black people, which mm-hmm. means better flavor in your food, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just nicer. It's safer, you mm. know, and just being a, I, when my girlfriends would come visit me, she would lock the doors and lock the windows. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would be opening the door and it was locked. I'm like, why you keep locking stuff? She was like, I live on the South side of Chicago. <laughs> and I hadn't, that whole time I would fall asleep with the doors unlocked and the windows unlocked because I don't, I don't have to fear my life and fear and be so locked up. Right. And so that's why I say like, I wanted to bring, I, I pl- I'm planning a retreat next year. Um, I did a promo video there literally three days before, you know, all this went down. I did a promo video. Um, And so I plan to bring um, women down there for, you know, five, six days because it's just such a wonderful experience just to be and just to be present, as you said, with the clouds and the blue water and the sand and just this wind and just like be and I think Mm. every black woman deserves that and just to you know be able to get away from something Mm. um but when you say you know what do I you know what did I learn it's just um I learned how powerful and loved I was because Mm. I Mm. I didn't know what I was walking into as it relates to like some of my closest relationships like my family when I was coming home and the amount of love and support that I received in this Mm -hmm. process was just astounding. Mm -hmm. I'm like, y'all really fuck with me heavy, Mm -hmm. like heavy. And so, um, Mm -hmm. never for a doubt, do I have to think or wonder if I'm loved and cared for. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, another thing is just like deeper understanding perspective, um, of, the the liberation work but also just like my role in it you know um like I had a you as the number two senator in the country call his office call customs and then call to Aruba and be like what's going on y'all got the wrong person like when can and that's why I say exceptional Mm -hmm. when can you call you know, lean on a U.S. senator to come check you out and get you free. You know that's what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. So I, when I sit back, I'm like, damn, that's a boss bitch move, Nicole. You got some good <laughs> stuff here, girl. I love but it. No, seriously. I, just, I was reminded of just like, just how amazing I am and my life is. And, um, and God said, I need to show you something, but you'll only be there for a moment. Mm. And I was just there for a moment. And it was a very dark moment, but it turned to light at the end. Like the Thursday after I went to the doctor and saw my attorney and I went to my room and he had told me, he talked to my sister and he said, your sister has a lot of candles for you. She's burning candles for you. And she needs you to be strong for her because she's being strong for you. Mm. And I went to Mm. my cell and I just did praise and worship. And I, um, I said, as that's when spirit said, you're going to get out tomorrow. I was like, Oh, tomorrow's gonna be a good Friday. Mm. And it was, it was was a a glorious good Friday. It was a good Friday. It was a good Friday indeed. Yeah, I mean, I I am loving everything that you're saying, Nicole, and also just the way in which you turned this out into a testimony. Yeah, you, know, you just right. gave a testimony. You gave you gave us an Easter Sunday sermon, <laughs> <That's right>. girl. <laughs> and That's right, um, yeah. and I'm I'm you know one of the things that I appreciate most um, about what you what you said, especially within your the lessons learned. Um, is just the importance of those chance encounters. Because I remember during your story, you said that you remember that you had this one meeting with this yep. one representative mm. who you could reach out to and, and bring into this moment, into this, um, you know, to reach out and help you in this mm. moment. And I think that a lot of us say, you know, we find ourselves wondering why are we in this moment? You know, yeah. why, are, no, I'm sure, and you even said, um, Nicole, that you were, 
you know, there were countless times that, you you know, you were thinking, why am I here? Like, mm. why, why did I come here? And it's for these chance encounters yep. that will take you and will yep. be that lifeline in your time of need. And so there's yep. so many gems in this sermon slash <laughs> horrific story yeah. slash lifetime movie. I don't know what you're <laughs> going to do with this. Yeah, it's definitely a book. It's definitely a lot of things. You know, I'm, I'm excited about the opportunities ahead um, as they become apparent and are revealed. But in the meantime, again, like like sis said, just being super present and processing like, you know, I, I talked to psychologist psychiatrist this week and, you know, now I'm I'm on antidepressants because I have been struggling for a very long time and I do my practices, but I need a little bit more support. So it, it yeah. was an opportunity for me to get real with myself and like, yeah, you could do as much yoga meditation as you need to, but mm. you need something that's going to help balance you physiologically the way you need to. So, um, you know, that, that was also a lesson too, is just to be open to, you know, taking medication and mm -hmm. just being super transparent about the process. Um, because I know that, you know, I live by example and people are always inspired by me. And so I speak up to give them courage to do the same for themselves. Mm. And so people were in my inbox like, yeah, I just got back on my antidepressants too and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, good. Like I feel good to be in community. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's blessings all around, but it, it, the healing process is, is definitely going to be one, but I have the tools and support for that. Good. Yeah, Nicole, you bring up such a great point about, you know, seeking out um, additional help such as therapy and even taking medication when you know that you need, you know, if you know that you need um, something, you know, extra in your life to propel you for it. Um, because I, um, I had a therapist for five years. She was amazing. Like, I was going to her at a time in my life where similarly I had like anxiety, depression. I was just going through a lot. And um, unfortunately, in January, she passed away. Mm. And, and that was, I, I that's that devastating. Was, yeah, it was, it was, and I'm still kind of like grappling with it because mm. even like when we were talking about like burnout and still kind of being in the midst of this pandemic, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I just, I need her right now. Oh, like, and yeah. it's really hard to rebuild, um, mm. you know, to retell your story with someone yeah. new, especially because she was in my life for so long and for, for these, um, these really, this incredible moment of time when I was going through a lot of ups and downs and, mm. and you know, still kind of um, going through it, but it's, it's, a lot, it's, it's gotten a lot better. And so you bring up such a good point about therapy and, you know, I, and I, I want to ask the question, like, do you think that therapy is still taboo you know, especially like, you know, in the black culture, because I think we need it so much. And it's look and sometimes it's looked as a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. And it really is um, a very strong tool that people could need uh, that people really, you know, could use to um, enhance their, their life and their journey. So, you know, I wonder, do we still think that or do are we seeing some movement with that? I see more movement, but there are still people that are afraid to pull back the layers. Mm -hmm. And um, this 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 lady was offended by me on Facebook because she was saying how she wasn't eating. And I have noticed that she says she goes through these periods of not eating and not having interest. Mm. And I noticed for me, especially this fall, sitting with myself and working when I am in like dire, like when I'm in a super deep depressive state, I don't eat. Yeah, and yeah. I lost so much weight um, the last fall. Like I was just, I, I was my smallest. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, it could be depression because mm -hmm. this is what happens to me. Man, she was so mad. She deleted the status. Then she made another one. Like people trying to uh, diagnose me with depression and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I was like, okay, <laughs> sis, like <Right. laughs> the pandemic, like, and That's this right. is my thing. Like if you... After all this pandemic, you still trying to hold yourself together, you know, piece by piece. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a dam uh, and you like y'all got to stop. And so yeah. 
I think we have to continue to, you know, and that's why I'm so transparent because I want to move us to that point. Like my mama is so resistant to it, but she says she got her own stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna trust what you got going mm-hmm. on, but yep. she got issues too. And I'm like, you could probably talk to somebody about that. Yes. You know, you acted like you 13 again when this comes up again. And I know that, <laughs> you know, it's I'm like, it took you straight back to that point, don't it? And she's silent about it because mm-hmm. I read her, mm-hmm. you know. So for some it is. And I think we we are moving in the right direction. And I think the next generation, Gen Z, bless their hearts and souls, yeah. love them dearly. They are definitely moving us in the right direction. We are, you know, our generation, we have, um, you know, said this is not normal. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this does not feel good. And I don't want to do it anymore. And so mm-hmm. it just, and it, and it, this, this liberation and this work, you know, we call it the work, right? Whether you go to therapy, you have the conversations and it translates to your relationships, mm-hmm. you know, into things around you, you know, it, it comes out one way or another, because if you don't do it, cause I noticed as I have been doing my work, it's been forcing everybody in my orbit to do it. And, and that's what I meant by I was having so much turmoil because I was doing such radical transformation in my life. And it was the people closest to me, they could not stand the fire. It was a, who does she think she is? I'm not going to talk to her. You know, um, I see her calling, but I'm not answering. And there, I don't, I don't, I don't need that in my life type of thing. Like, you know, it was, it was that. So there is a consequence of doing the work mm-hmm. and but you know I'm home now and those people you know they realize how much they love me they like oh I almost lost my sister mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. I almost lost my sister um and so um yeah I think if we do it individually, it will force other people to look at their their demons and they yeah. will have to, you know, put their big girl panties on or cower away. And it's not yeah. our responsibility. We just going to live and lead by example as so much as we are capable of doing. And then just, you know, shoot, get get waxed to wax and hop on a plane. Yep. You know? <laughs> Nicole, yep. th- thank you so much for spending yeah. some time with us. We really appreciate, like you said, your transparency. Um, and I think it's encouraging people to one, travel more, even during like this crazy time in our lives, um, but also like to seek help when we need it. And to know that, you know, we do have communities of people who support us and are standing by us and want to see us, you know, overcome, um, you know, obstacles in our lives. But I want to know um, just where can we find you on social media? I know you spoke about um, um, having next year, like this retreat for women, where can, you know, people find you and get more information about uh, this retreat that you're planning for next year yeah so if they go to nicolejwellness.com um there's an opportunity to sign up for my mailing list um so that'll be the the best way to do it um and then my handle on instagram nicolejwellness okay um, so NicoleJWellness.com and then Instagram, NicoleJWellness. And then we can keep in touch there. Yeah. Well, thank you again. We really appreciate the time um, that you, yeah. you know, shared with us. And yeah. um, please, we hope that um, we can chat again very soon. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. All right. it, was, it was a pleasure to speak with y'all. Y'all have a good evening. You too, thank Nicole. You. Thank you for your story. Bye. 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 Oh my God, that was that that was an incredible story, and I, I'm just so happy she over she overcame that. Yeah, that is wow. I don't know if I would yeah. be returning to Aruba. Me neither. <laughs> Not I. Not I. But, yeah, because I, I like her positive. I like yeah. how she turned it into something positive. That's right. Positive. That's right. That's uh, right. Because just with that, I'll be like, oh, I ain't going to Aruba. Mm. And can we get the guy who arrested me fire? Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, damn, that, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. But yeah. I think that um, Nicole, um, she brought about some good points, especially I know therapy. I know that you were sharing, um, you know, um, about your journey with therapy and your therapist and how she passed away. And I wanted to just quickly talk about like um, how the quarantine has affected me personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, although I'm not a single woman, you know, I think that people in my mind, I, I, I say, oh, my God, you know, I wonder how Tamara's doing because I know she's in the city by herself. You know, yep. she's a single woman. Um, but I also think back, um, you know, like dealing 
um, um, being a married woman with children during a pandemic, although you have like all these people around you That's hard. and it's very hard because sometimes I need time by myself, Absolutely, and, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the, in the, uh, like, like during like the, um, uh, beginning stages of it where people were like afraid to go to malls and mm-hmm. it was just hard, you know? And I would tell my husband, like, I just need time, like alone. I don't want nobody in my breast. You know, I don't want nobody <laughs> snuggling with me. I just need my me time. And it was just so hard to escape. Um, and I've, I've never had a therapist and it's something that I want to explore. And I'm not sure if it's just because, um, I find that it's taboo, you know, but it's just because it hasn't been my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I don't know, I've never really thought about like getting a therapist, you know, I think yeah. that, you know, initially, like when people think about therapists, you got to think, oh my God, you're depressed. You know, yeah. a lot of times I'll tell myself I'm not depressed. You know, you, you just, you like, I'm not depressed. Like I can wake up every morning and, right. you know, do what I got to do. I'm not sleeping in my bed and, you know, like not taking phone calls and stuff like that. But I think just having like an escape is just like, just so important, you know? Um, and so I, I, I'm, as I was listening to Nicole and even you tomorrow, like talk about like therapy and stuff like that, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I need to like find someone, you know, cause it'd be good to kind of, you know, have someone that you can just kind of talk to. You know, yeah. Therapy honestly. is definitely, you know, yeah. I hate that people look at it that way. Like I tried to tell um, a couple friends, you know, I, cause I, at first I wasn't sharing because again, like the assumption around therapy Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wanted to share with them because I was moving differently. You know, I was um, being more to myself a little mm-hmm. bit and doing that to reflect, to think about, you know, what's good for me, what feels good uh, for me. And I just kind of couldn't be, you know, I couldn't be around uh, people all the time at that mm-hmm. time. And when I told one friend, uh, you know, automatically, she was like, oh, girl, you know, you know girl, just pray. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no. I have, and the mm. Lord is leading me to therapy, <laughs> I know, okay? Sorry. And another friend was like, you know, was kind of like, okay, you're okay. Like kind of as if like I'm some mental patient. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's that's not really what therapy is. I mean, even people who have um, very healthy mindsets or, um, you know, need therapy, it's just an out, you know, sometimes it could be an outlet. It helps you understand right. where you are in life sometimes. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. even when I just didn't have a whole lot to talk about and my, my therapist would help me unpack, I would be like, wow, I didn't know that about myself. Wow. And that's what I, I loved about her because she, I mean, when I found out all the people that she was treating after she had passed away, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I was the only patient. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's I wasn't. That's crazy. So that's, that means she was a really good therapist. Yeah. You felt like, you know, like I, that I was did. yours. I wow. did. I felt like she was mine. Like she was wow. treating Lovey, the author mm-hmm. and writer. And I was just like, oh my God. And she just had all these great techniques that she used to really help me open up and to really be the person I am to, to be a lot more confident and, mm-hmm. and assertive and, and with myself. And so, yeah, I would just tell people, you know, therapy is it, it doesn't mean that you're crazy. It just mm-hmm. means that you're human and you need somebody to help you understand um, life and life transitions. And, and, and that's, that's really what it is. Right. And I would explore, and I would um, advise people, you know, when I, when, I, how I got, when my therapist, I literally just looked her up, look at some reviews. And when I did my first um, consultation with her, it was just an immediate um, mm-hmm. click. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would tell people, if you're looking for a therapist, um, definitely, you know, search around. You never settle on the first one, even though when, when I did, it was great. But search around, look what's good for you. Look at their techniques and what they use. Look at recommendations. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think for Black women, a lot of people use, um, like uh, Nicole was saying, Black mm-hmm. Girl Therapy. I listen yeah. to that podcast. And they also have a website uh, where they have all these Black therapists, therapists. on there. Oh, cool. Um, so that's a really good resource. Yeah. And then I, I use psychology.com. Um, that that was a good resource but but yeah um you know i definitely behoove our our, especially our people you know don't don't feed into that negative stereotype about therapy if you feel like you know you really need to talk to someone and you know all the practices that you're putting into place great but just not getting to where you know you are to understand your feelings and where you are please reach out to a therapist it's it's like it's, it's one of the best things you could do it really is yeah Okay, were you going to say something? Oh, 
Oh, yeah. I was going to just echo uh, what T-Mama has said about uh, the need for therapy um, and to also just encourage you to figure out what type of techniques. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I learned um, early on, there was a time that when I was first looking for a therapist, I had actually two therapists at the same time, wow. um, trying to determine whether or not, you know, whose strategies, whose techniques mm -hmm. work better for me. Um, and I think that, you know, Tamara mentioned, you know, you know, just, just having this, you know, trial and error, not being, you know, not being afraid to kind of just test it out and see what works for you, because there are a lot of approaches uh, mm -hmm. to your own mental care, your own emotional care. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some that, you know, that are more spiritually led, more mm -hmm. of your own faith and belief yeah. system that also lead from that. And mm -hmm. so it's really about figuring out what you're working on and what you're working through. Um, and, and also understanding that there are some therapists that may not work for you. Um, just to kind of share some, some experiences, there were, there was a time where I was, I was trying to uh, I would, I was trying to work on, I think my, my, my own personal kind of confidence and well-being and this therapist was male therapist um, was primarily only asking me questions about my relationships my past relationships who I was seeing mm. and sleeping with and things like that it was the weirdest oddest ex you know experience um, off of this idea that my relationships affect my own self-image so one of the things that again that therapy did not work for me mm -hmm. for so many different reasons right but I also realized that I was seeking out male therapists because I was I was fundamentally trying trying to work through and work out, mm. you know, relationship <laughs> baggage uh, yeah. with, with and through them. Mm. And mm. I don't think, and, you know, and, and I think that, again, this is a question of, this is why it's important to understand, like, what are you going through mm. to the therapist for? And what, what, what types of things are you processing and helping you to work and helping and needing help to work through? Mm. And I think that one of the yeah. great things that we, um, that therapists and therapy can offer is this way of just processing, because a lot of the time we're processing alone and we are offering and, 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 and offering advice through this kind of seg negative self-talk yes. and, and what therapists do is that they try to combat or override that negative self-talk to give you clarity of thought, to give you a, a processing partner that we re that reflects your own desires, your own intentions. And in that way, it's very, very effective because they're processing with you, along with you, and advocating on behalf of you, not mm -hmm. the negative um, mm -hmm. things that you tell to yourself. Yeah. And I was, even today I was looking through an old or old journal. Um, and I took, had this note that said that, um, most times we talk to, you know, we have our thoughts talk to us, mm -hmm. you know, and this is where the negative self-talk comes from. And so the note said, talk back to it, you know, mm. rather than just accepting it, mm. um, we need to, to assess it, to evaluate mm. whether yes. or not that is the type of thinking that is mm. true because you know a lot of this comes stems and stems out of our own feelings but mm, yeah. and we think that our feelings are are valid valid but yeah. one of the things that my my recent therapist um told me is that you're you know what you're feeling is okay is okay to feel is truth but it's not true in, yes. in terms of being um in being uh valid yes and so you have to do the work to evaluate mm. whether or not that is that what you're feeling is actually true in terms of is supported by observation and real life and I think that for those just there's so many different nuggets that I have been able to just glean just from the different therapy sessions that I had and one of the things that I'm still working on and working through is getting my male partners to go through couples therapy with me and um and I'm not only thinking couples therapy when you're married but couples therapy when you are in a relationship Absolutely. um and that is something that I'm, I haven't been successful in trying to convince someone to come to therapy with me, but trying to position it as a way of processing the comp the complexities of our emotions and our thinkings yeah. and our thoughts and our ideas and how we're engaging in, um, and with the and experiencing the world is important. And I don't. And so this is why I encourage therapy. Um, but I also am of the of the belief that therapy should not last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. I think people get addicted to therapy in a way yeah. that therapy should equip you to 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 better engage in the world so so you shouldn't be in therapy for all of your life I you know you should you should be in therapy I think for seasons I think 
for seasons and to process difficult occurrences and different kind of ruptures in your way of being in the world. But I don't think that therapy is a lifelong um, pursuit. And I know that that statement is like a contra, it will be read as controversial, but, but I, I do think that we're trying to get better equipped to be in this world and, and therapy is a resource for that. Yeah, I totally agree, um, Bronke, because um, when I started, when there's things that I started to unpack with my therapist and as I start to reach certain uh, milestones or, or goals, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, um, you know, not every week. I don't, you know, yeah. maybe every two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. um, maybe once a month. Yeah. And so um, it definitely depends on the person and their, and their experience, of course. But I would agree, you know, um, don't let therapy be a clutch, you know, yeah. use it as Ron K said, use it as a resource and really put in the work and get yeah. in the, get the tools that you need That's out right. of it to apply it to, um, yep, to apply yep, it to yep. your life. And That's I will right. say um, before we move on those negative thoughts, that's another thing that my therapist really helped me work through because that, that is, I mean, that will have you sitting in bed all day. Mm. Like it, it did for me, like it mm. would have you just questioning your, your, just your entire existence. Mm. And, um, it really does take work to assess and um, really go against those negative thoughts. Mm. It, it takes daily, daily um, practice and processing yeah, to, to, do, to do that. Um, and that, that's a really great uh, technique that you, and key thing that you gave Frank K. So, you know, if that is something that you're dealing with and even, and, you know, if, if you, you don't know about therapy right now, then if that's something that you're dealing with, you know, definitely, you know, uh, definitely assess those thoughts that you're having and ask yourself, you know, is this a real thought? Like, is mm-hmm. this, is this is true? true? And yeah. nine, nine, nine times out of 10 is, it's not. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, that's a great way, um, to end, um, this episode of the entanglement podcast. We thank you all for listening. Um, we did have some resources. What were those? Um, you said, uh, the, what was the podcast again? Oh, yeah. so it's called uh, Black Girl Therapy. Black Girl Therapy. It's a podcast. And then it's another, and, and then the website is blackgirltherapy.com, I believe. But if you just Google it, it'll come up. Thank you for uh, listening to the Untagment Podcast. Please look out for part two. We'll have um, other juicy topics for you. Um, and we'll continue on, continue on with Ladies Night. So this is T-Mama, the producer. This is Brenda. And as always, Ron.